Welcome to the Risk and Repeat podcast, episode number 127. I'm Rob Wright, editor of Search Security, and I am here with my site editor, Peter Lotion. Peter, welcome. Hi, Rob. Peter, we got a special guest in Chernobyl. We do have a special guest. Not actually in Chernobyl, but... Calling in. Calling in. That's right. Uh, Michael Heller, senior reporter, Search Security. Michael, welcome. Good to be here. Mike, we are going to discuss one of your recent stories. I don't want to say this is a big newsmaker compared to everything else that's been going on in cybersecurity, Facebook reach, and so on and so forth. But the recent report from the U.S. Government Accountability Office, the GAO, on weapon systems cybersecurity, uh, these specifically these new weapon systems programs that are going on within the DOD, uh, they issued a pretty lengthy report on what they had found uh, in terms of the cybersecurity of these these systems that are in development. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the news wasn't great. You're definitely not wrong on that. Uh, the The news was not great. The news was, I don't want to say surprisingly bad, because from everything that we've heard about the U.S. government and the breaches and the leaks and just general troubles with cybersecurity. But, I mean, this one, it felt like it went a little bit beyond. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, and Peter's nodding, so I guess you would agree with that too, Peter. I mean, we are sure. talking about weapons systems. True. Yeah, but made by the lowest bidder and such a cynic and on top of that weapon systems are exposed to a lot of uh, hazards yeah if they're used in a in a combat environment so they're kind of expect they're not expected to have you know very long long lifetimes because they're eventually going to be either obsoleted by new weapon systems or they're going to be go through the perils of of, of war or combat. Mm-hmm. And then used for a couple of years and then probably sold to some third world uh, nation. I, I see I you're turning me into a cynic. I, I don't, I can't, I can't speak to that topic, but, um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're built by the lowest bidder. They're, they're, yeah. and, and they are, well, it, it's, it is it, the government buying it. It's not the government selling it. So there's, you know, it's a private corporations that are selling these sure. things. And they want to, Maximize their profits and reduce their costs is one way to reducing their costs is one way to do that. Well, so this is this is part this GAO, GAO report was part of a, uh, I guess a, a one point. Do I have the, the math on this right, uh, Mike, or the numbers rather? One point six six trillion dollar plan for new weapon systems. Yeah, That's yeah. A, the DOD has a one point six six trillion dollar plan for new weapon systems and this report was done kind of uh just to make sure that they know what they're getting into when they start right. that plan start spending that money yeah and we're going to get into a, a little later just what precipitated this report because i have some questions about that but i mean the main takeaways here are you know, the report states pretty clearly that they found, quote, mission-critical cyber 
vulnerabilities in systems that were under development. They also, the report also said, using relatively simple tools and techniques, testers were able to take control of systems and largely operate undetected due in part to basic issues such as poor password management and unencrypted communications, end quote. So that's not great, uh, but I guess like if I'm comparing this to other issues in other IT systems, you know, pass, passwords are a problem for everything. Enterprises, um, other government agencies. It's not that surprising. It's not entirely surprising either that they're using unencrypted communications. So when I read this, I wasn't, I kind of, I read through it. I, I actually, I read through the abstract and then I read through the whole report. And nothing really shocked me. Nothing really jumped out in said, oh, that's something that the government's doing that you would never see in the private sector. Um, Mike, you obviously talked to a bunch of people for this story, and you, you, uh, you wrote our coverage of it. Would you agree? I mean, there were some parts of it that are pretty common. Like uh, one of the things they found was that the, the DOD just didn't have enough time to, do, to apply patches. Like they expected patches to be applied within 21 days, but testing, of course, can take months. Um, there were some issues like the uh, program offices didn't actually know what was installed in their systems, so they didn't know what exactly they need to deal with. Right. I mean, these, these are sorts of things that we see in other places, but then, as you mentioned with the passwords, I mean, they're using, there were, there were a bunch of times when they just had the default password yep. set. I mean, there's we've seen bad passwords and we've seen hard-coded passwords, which are, you know, the worst. But, I mean, this report said that they found one, the, in one test, they were able to guess an administrator password in nine seconds. Wow. And in other tests, they were still using the default password on weapon systems. So, I mean, that I, I, we've seen these issues, but again, as I said, this, it seems a little bit beyond what we would normally see. Yeah, considering the stakes of what's involved, I mean, we're not just talking about IT systems here. We're talking about computerized systems that are, you know, they're controlling missiles and mm -hmm. Lord knows what else. Uh, Peter, were you surprised? I feel like you've grown increasingly cynical within these walls of Chernobyl. I, I would say that it's more becoming more publicly comfortable with sharing my cynicism. Oh, okay, all right. Being more cynical, but yeah, I mean, um, it's not surprising that the practices that are common in private corporations are also employed in government systems. Um, we've seen this again and again in, in, you know, reports on security practices and, and, and other venues in the government. But, um, yeah, you one would hope that the government and the military was doing a better job at, at keeping systems safe. But apparently one of the quotes that I, I thought was quite interesting was that, uh, that there was there was an interview with someone. I unfortunately I can't remember the source or anything like or the details. But the bottom line was basically uh, there. If you use uh, 
frequent crashes of a system as a benchmark or, or a, an indicator that you might be compromised, well, apparently some of these systems were so buggy that they crash periodically right out, from right out of the box. So how do you differentiate buggy software from an attack in that case? And it's kind of hard to do. Yeah. Yeah, and you are talking, again, about, like, military weapon systems, and I guess if you're used to them crashing all the time, you wouldn't necessarily notice that anything was amiss. And as far as the uh, patching and things like that, if you've got weapon systems that are deployed in in uh, in military vehicles, if you you know if you're looking, you're talking about weapon systems that are in submarines and helicopters and in naval vessels of all different types, trucks, you know, on and on and on. How do you patch a, a system in a submarine that's that's underwater for four weeks at a time when the patch comes out the first day it yeah. rolls out of out of shore yeah. in the port? Um, you can't exactly find the nearest like public Wi-Fi hotspot. It's probably not a good idea. <laughs> right, and 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 you're certainly not sending out IT guys to. Maybe you are uh, sending out IT guys to every single military vehicle that has some particular system in it, um, which is certainly a reason for it to take so long. Um, but that would, you'd, you'd hope that there would be better mechanisms for that. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll get there. I, I, I'll tell you what I was surprised by, not any of the specific sort of things in there. I mean, they, I guess that, you know, guessing the default password within nine seconds, that's, that is a little concerning. Uh, but the thing that I was surprised at was this that this report even existed to me. Because this seems like the kind of thing that would be, the government's innate reaction to something like this would be, nothing to see here, we want to just sh shovel it under the, uh, uh, under the rug and just pretend like it's not happening. But they're, they go into pretty, I mean, gory detail here. Uh, it doesn't feel like, I don't know, Mike. Maybe you disagree, but I didn't get the feeling that they were shying away from what was what the what the issues were here. No, definitely not. I mean, they, there was some pretty solid detail in this report. I mean, they not only went through the the issues that they found in the in the weapons, they went through the types of attacks that could be performed. They and even dropped in a timeline of uh, DOD, you know, dealing with cybersecurity and just making it very clear that the DOD has not cared about cybersecurity until very, very recently. That I mean, the timeline that they put in the report started in 2014 mm. with, uh, you know, the the instructions to just identify what they have to do for cybersecurity. 2015 they decided they needed to assess what they need to do and mandate certain standards. And then 2017, they actually required certain standards for programs moving forward. So these are, the DOD just has not been doing anything with cybersecurity until very, very recently. Yeah. I mean, there's even a, a section of this report. This is my, arguably my favorite part of the report. Sometimes I like to argue with myself, Peter. You're looking at me a little weird. <laughs> Uh, but there's a, there's a figure about, I think about halfway through the report, maybe a little bit deeper, 
uh, the iceberg uh, graphic where it's it's you know they say the vulnerabilities that the Department of, Def of Defense is aware of likely represent a small amount of actual vulnerabilities due to the limitations in cybersecurity testing. This is something the report points out is that uh, you know they weren't able to, to test everything for everything in this report. It's just a small sort of uh, snapshot of it. So that, of course they have this picture of an iceberg and this, this is the part that the report shows up here and then and then there's this huge iceberg under the water with everything else that we don't know about which is I mean that's that's pretty serious um, uh, Mike what I mean you talk to different people about this give us a, a sort of a, a sense of what people's reactions were to and the story that you wrote and the people that you talked to generally people were not not super surprised that uh, that cybersecurity in the weapon systems were this bad. Some people did make uh, similar arguments to what Peter said that you know these are in combat zones and so dealing with cybersecurity can be an issue. And also because of where they're being used, uh, one one expert I, I can't remember who it was off the top of my head mentioned that. You know, if somebody wanted to hack these things, they would probably, need, in a lot of cases, you would need physical access. So that means you have to get past a bunch of armed Marines if you want to mm. try and do anything to these systems. Um, I mean, that was, I, I understood the, the point he was making. There, there is a bit in the report that says that a lot of these weapon systems are connected to networks. Uh, so... I'm not, I'm, and there's another part in the, the report that does mention supply chain uh, manipulation that can happen. So yeah. you, you combine those two things together and, you know, you don't have to worry about getting around, getting past those Marines. You can find a way in and otherwise. I don't know. You just wonder what is, what's the answer here? I mean, I, I got to the end of the report, and there's, there's, you know, obviously the GAO is saying the DOD needs to take uh, action. They need to fix some of these things, but it's it's not like there's a detailed plan of action, like a, a ten-point sort of plan here to fix this. And I guess, I mean, isn't this kind of on the manufacturers of the weapon systems? Yeah, I mean, you do want to make sure that your product or your 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 thing that you're delivering is going to do what it's supposed to do but if the government says i want you i want to be able to blow something up that's 10 miles away um they have a limited number well well i mean the 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 weapon can can be completely fit for service yeah. and blow things up from 10 miles away but if the government doesn't specify that it's got to be uh, secure against some of these cyber threats, then probably, manufacturers are not going to build that in. Probably won't be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, they're, they're just, it's not in, in their interest. In, and the government could say, could easily turn around and say, look, we didn't want this. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason that might happen. But. Yeah, it sounds like there would need to be like a complete overhaul of what governments, like what the, what the DOD, what the armed forces actually, when they put out a bid for weapon systems, what they're asking for and requiring, more importantly, uh, like top to bottom, 
because otherwise, you know, Peter, to your point, I wouldn't, not going to spend a lot of time on it. Uh, I mean, just like, I mean, I, I read through this report and I immediately thought of like the IoT manufacturers. And, you know, there's that new California law that is mandating that IoT devices that are, are I guess, sold or deployed in the state, connected devices can't have default passwords. They have to have strong credentials. I mean, there could be something like that coming down the road for, for uh, weapon systems. Who, who knows? It'd be nice if that was the case, but... Well, I mean, it's science fiction, I, I suspect still, but if you have, uh, if you have smart bullets, let's say that you can, you can somehow target to a particular destination, yeah. um, you probably want those to be, uh, secure from hacking because you don't want, you, you want to be in control of where they're targeted. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, that's just an extreme example, but. An example that was actually used in an 80s science fiction movie many years ago, but well, won't go. Tom Selleck movie, Runaway, Smart yeah. Bullets. Uh, no, you I, never saw it? I, I've read about Smart Bullets and other, and other science fiction stories, but Mike. yeah, Tom Selleck is not my oh. number one. Oh, how dare you? Fiction. Uh, Mike, never, have you ever seen Runaway? I have not. Oh, the man. only Selleck movie that I can think of off the top of my head is Mr. Baseball. You guys are missing out on a real gem. Well, that's uh, that's something you need to, to check out at some point, um, if only for the laughs. Um, all right, so last question before we wrap up. This, this is something that's sort of been gnawing at me a little bit. Congress asked the GAO to investigate this, you know, look into these new weapon systems programs and the development, and we got to start taking cybersecurity uh, seriously, which is I, great. They do, but this seems uncharacteristically proactive for the federal government, even for the GAO. And I'm wondering if something may have happened that we don't yet know about that concerned Congress to the point where they said, "We've got to do something." Am I reaching, or do you think it's possible that there's something? I mean, not like if I'm sure we would know if someone hacked into a battleship and started firing, you know, Tomahawk missiles at, you know, something of that nature. But I mean, what if someone got into the systems of a of a ship and it got hacked, and and you know, thankfully they found out about it before, you know, they found an intrusion into some of these weapon systems. And that was enough for them to say, all right, we got to wake up and get on top of this like now. And even if it's in a public way that looks bad for the government, you know, so be it. Because this does look kind of bad for the government. So do you guys think I'm reaching? Well, I'd, I'd ask Michael, um, do you remember what the reason? Often there's a reason that these things get pursued, like some senator. Like for example, Senator Ron Wyden from Washington. Yeah, Democrat. But he, he like who, Oregon. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course, I got that one wrong. <laughs> but he's just one guy. Like he's not enough to sort of. Right, but he he when he sits down and writes a letter and he gets a dozen or a couple dozen other senators to to co-sign. True. Um, sometimes that lights a fire, but but what was the. What was the re and and for example we had um, presidential uh, uh, 
executive orders that yes. were mandating reports on cybersecurity yeah. from the current president. Sure. But so, like, I mean, I don't know. Was this was this one of one of these kind of uh, ad hoc things that somebody said, "Oh, we should be doing this," or was this a regulatory thing? Or uh, and I'm yeah. So, Michael, do you do you happen to know? Um, the, the the reasoning given in the the report itself is just that the DOD has the $1.66 trillion plan to develop a portfolio of major weapon systems. So they were tasked to do this report. Um, I Maybe there's more to it than that. I mean, it could be that there was some sort of hack, as Rob suggested. Uh, it could just be that, you know, with the with the with various cyber attacks that were based on you know NSA exploits coming out plus rising tensions with China and Russia and North Korea maybe they're trying to be proactive because things are getting a little heated uh i mean there there could be a few different reasons the the weird thing about this report is just that the entire thing is saying how bad everything is, but the recommend uh, first of all, GAO flat out says we're not giving any recommendations as to what the DOD should do. Mm. So that's a little weird. And the reasoning that they gave for a lot of these issues was I mean, nobody there was no mention of what Rob said with manufacturers. There's no mention of budget allocation of this one point six trillion dollars and how much should be going towards cybersecurity or anything like that. It literally just said the DOD has trouble hiring people and they have trouble with information sharing. I'm not really sure how information sharing factors into this so much. Um, but, yeah, just, just the whole tone of the report, it doesn't seem to line up with anything else. Yeah, I agree. There's got to be some sort of, I don't know, backstory, uh, details behind the scenes here that sort of make more sense to this whole thing. Because it, like I said, it does seem like it's a, it's it's really forward thinking of them. I mean, forward thinking for the government. Obviously, security. They should be thinking about security. They should have been thinking about security. But for a government that routinely just kind of doesn't do this kind of oversight, mm, feels like something something's pushing in in that direction for a a, a specific reason. So, well. Thank you guys for discussing a, I know this is slightly depressing topic, but an important one, Peter. It is. An important one. Uh, thank you, Mike, for actually writing the story and going through the report and trying to figure out all that was going on and uh, 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 boiling it down for not just for us, but for the readers as well. Yeah. I mean, it's my pleasure to, to do these things and always good to, actually be able to chat with you guys about these instead of just hearing my name later when I listen to the podcast. We do try to evoke you a lot. <laughs>
try to give you try to give you your props. Um, and yeah, we'll we'll have to come up with like new ways to give Mike shout outs on the podcast, Peter. Okay. So I guess that'll be your department. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Peter, for uh, you know sitting in with me in Chernobyl as as usual. I appreciate it, and your cynicism is always welcome. I'm always very happy to be here. Thank you, Peter. And thank you to the readers and listeners of Search Security and the Risk and Repeat podcast. I'm Rob Wright, and we'll see you next time.